Welcome to A View from Lakeland City Hall. This is City Commissioner Chad McLeod, and I appreciate you tuning into this podcast. I know we've had a few new listeners, people that have come up to me throughout the past two weeks and said, hey, I listened to the podcast and really appreciate that. So whether you're a first-time listener or you've been following for some time, thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm excited today because we have our new Deputy City Manager, Nicole Travis, here with me in the podcast studio at InFocus Studios uh, to talk about her new role and uh, just her background, how she got to where she is today. I think it's going to be an exciting interview. Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So Nicole, usually, and I was just telling you this, that I do a recap of the commission meetings, but for this one, I just want to do your interview because I think we have a lot to talk about. And I think at our last meeting on Monday, May 17th, that was the big news. We had some big items that we talked yeah. about, but at the end, our city manager announced, hey, I have an, a big announcement. New hire, our new deputy city manager is Nicole Travis. So I think you're, this is your second day. This officially. is my second day, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> officially in the position. So you haven't walked out yet. You're still on board. Congratulations to you. Thank uh, you very much. You know, I know you've been with the city how many years now? 11 years. 11. I was thinking 10, so I was close. Yeah. So you've been with the city 11 years. Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey, where you started, sure. uh, just the different roles that you've had, because I feel like you've really had a front row seat at a lot of the major projects over the last mm-hmm. 11 years in your different positions sure. with the city of Lakeland. Yep. So I started at the city as a project manager for the CRA. And I started writing grants for the Dixieland uh, Commercial Corridor. So it really started with restaurant grants and trying to figure out how do we get more restaurants um, in the area. And this was a request that came from the neighborhood. And so that's really where I cut my teeth in CRA projects. And from there, I started to do a little more projects in downtown and just trying to find creative ways to solve issues and businesses that were trying to come in and had hurdles, um, not necessarily regulatory hurdles, but just they needed that last mile grant or that grant to close the loop or they needed additional information before they invested. And so really trying to find creative ways on how we can leverage public dollars to continue having private investment in our redevelopment districts. So I was the CRA project manager for about four and a half years. And then I was promoted to the CRA manager and I managed uh, the three redevelopment districts, downtown, midtown and Dixieland. And so that's almost 5,000 acres in the central city. Wow. Um, and as the CRA manager, we had three different um, CRA boards. And so you're on the CRA board yes. now, and it's a consolidated board. But when I started, it was there was a board for Dixieland, there was a board for downtown, and there was a board for Midtown. And we wow, spent that's a it. lot and of time. I'll, I'll jump in <laughs> yeah. here for a second. Just seeing the responsibility from the staff perspective, watching our staff manage the relationships with the board, I'm sure that was hard to have three of those advisory boards with different opinions and and thoughts of what is is best. So trying to manage all of that. And manage all of that, but also to get a big picture for the central city and not have it um, divvied into three different thought processes just because of the boundary of the district, right? We want to look at it holistically. And so when I was CRA manager, we sunset the three boards, um, made a compelling reason to the city commission of the staff time that it took to manage those three boards and have this into the single purpose, single focused um, CRA board, which I am grateful for because I think that they are rocking and rolling and just doing great things. Um, So yeah, and then some of my larger projects was Um, things that we've been working on from when I was a project manager and it just redevelopment takes time and they continued 
while I was a CRA manager, some of them even completion when I became the director of community and economic development. And so I've had a wild ride at the city of Lakeland and I count it a blessing to be able to serve. Yeah, that's that history is. And I think that will serve you well as deputy city manager, having been involved in some of those major projects the last 11 years. I've talked on this podcast uh, a good amount about the catalyst plans for downtown. And I know one of the first meetings you and I had was when I was a candidate for city commissioner and you walked me through here, the catalyst plans and were very gracious to just explain some of these issues to me in in simple ways. And, but I've seen how you've been instrumental in those plans and we're still working through that today as part of downtown redevelopment and trying to maintain some flexibility and agileness in, in that as we move forward, but just seeing uh, you and your staff and, and helping to bring vision into what could be you know, for our downtown. Yeah. So one of the things that um, my background is in architecture. So I see and think in three dimension. I mm. see things um, three dimensionally and a lot of people don't see things in three dimension. And I think um, part of the success that my team and I ha- have had is being able to convince them that sometimes we have to invest on on the forefront in that vision and putting that vision together so that we can show it, discuss it, talk about it, and not be afraid of deviating or having a change from the plan. If the intent is still there, we're successful, right? And so just trying to continue that mantra throughout with the team and the decision-making process that it doesn't have to be perfect. Don't be afraid that if it this doesn't work out, at least we were able to vet it, we were able to talk about it, and we spurred interest. And I think the activity that you're talking about now because of the catalyst plan has been because we had this vision, we were able to show it to the commission, you know, get the commission's buy-in, but also the development community was able to see that the city commission was really interested and willing to invest more in the core of our city. I had forgotten that you have a background in architecture and I was going to ask you to, to tell us a little bit about how you got into the public sector. Yeah. Was there a point in your career where you decided I'd, I would really like to go into local government or did you just kind of stumble into it? Tell us about that that path. Yeah, so I I, th- I would say that I stumbled into it. So I, I worked in the private sector for some time designing um, schools, customs, facilities for airports, um, multi-million dollar home, post office, a lot of institutional um, design work. And then I got in on the construction side where I'm making sure that the contractors are building exactly what we drew. And I was missing the public engagement piece. Like I was not having fun just drawing and it was fun to see what I drew and turn into the build part, right? But I was really missing that um, community piece. I come from a background of public servants. My mom worked in local government. My dad was um, worked in narcotics and then became uh, the chief U.S. Marshal in the district in the Virgin Islands. And so I was missing that mm. piece. And I, I got recruited by the city of Tampa to be an urban designer. And then I was engaging with the public more and I was like, ooh, this is nice. I like this, you know? <laughs> so working with um, developers and still using my background in architecture and still working with the public on community meetings and stuff, that was pretty exciting. And then when I came to work for the city as a CRA project manager, I just knew I hit my sweet spot. I get to be creative. I get to use my marketing and hat and business development type hat, but I also get to design and work with the historic districts and um, come up with these creative programs. And so I would say that my the CRA experience was really like when I hit the sweet spot in public service and I knew that 
this is where I needed to be. This was the career that I wanted is in public service. What are you most excited about now stepping into this new role as deputy city manager? I am most excited about continuing to work with the departments that I've been working with a lot. I get a lot of attention because of the pictures and the built environment, and I get to be the front face um, for a lot of that. But we have so many people that work behind the scenes and the staff um, that makes it all possible and makes it make it happen. And with the deputy city manager, I get to work more internal with the organization and haven't had the experience of working through these projects and knowing that it takes all those departments to make it successful. I'm excited about using that experience in helping them communicate with the city manager's office and the commission. And I think there's there's a lot of opportunity there for um, for us to all grow together. And I get to use the experience on these projects, but also having been the staff experience. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, there, there will be no shortage of items, projects, issues for you to work through at, you know, in the city manager's office. One thing that I have noticed about you, and I think that the community has people who have interacted with your office is that you are, when you believe that change is necessary, that there is something that needs to change in the process or just that, um, things we've learned from other cities that you're willing to, to advocate for that change, to work toward it. But that's difficult many times in any organization, but government has that reputation, whether it's well-deserved compared to others or not. But Talk a little bit about that, how you approach uh, implementing new changes and things that yeah. you know, maybe it just hasn't been that way for, for many years. So change is hard for us all, right? And change is hard for me, too. A lot of people won't believe that I'm totally risk averse. If you talk to my husband, he's a risk taker. <laughs> I am not. But when you see me at work, I'm willing to take the risk if we're yielding to the customer, if we're trying to find a creative way to do it. Show me that you have vetted every opportunity, no stone unturned, that there is a way for us uh, that we can't do something. I am always trying to problem solve, find a way around it. And so encouraging staff to come along that journey with you and encouraging them to take the risk as long as they have properly vetted it and they're yielding to the customer, I will support them all day long. But you can't be afraid to make a decision and take the risk um, because without risk, there's no reward. We wouldn't have been able to see that we can do it a different way. And so I'm excited about empowering our workforce. That is one of our city values that um, that I believe strongly in because that's where the creativity and the innovation happens. It's with the people that are doing it on the front lines, right? And so just creating that space and saying, hey, look, if we fail for trying, I would stand before the commission and the public all day saying, like, you know, we tried everything that we can and we fell short but it wasn't for a lack of effort on our side and so that's just true to who I am and I and if I want that then I have to make sure that I empower the people that work with me to see it the same way yeah that that's good you mentioned innovation and one of the other announcements that came from our last meeting was that our assistant city manager Emily Cologne has been given the additional title of manager of innovation and strategy yeah, and I know a lot of us are, are, are excited about that yeah. And one of the things that is, if people don't know, is that our two, you know, our deputy city manager and Nicole and assistant city manager, Emily, are both under 40, yeah. I believe. And so that it's exciting as you know, we have millennials yeah. who are maybe we're only uh, uh, you and I, at least on the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the kind of older millennials. Yeah. But um, to be to have 
uh, two people in leadership under 40 yeah. and, and leading a very a complex, large organization. Talk yeah. a little bit about your leadership philosophy, because in many cases, and I found this too, and just in my professional work, you're supervising teams or managing people who are much older than you. Yeah. Maybe they're old enough to be your, yeah. your parents or they have kids your same age. So talk a little bit about that dynamic and just how you approach leadership in general. Yeah, so... I've, leadership, there's two types of leadership, in my opinion. There's a horizontal leadership and there's that vertical. And so that vertical is that top-down mentality. I have the title and you do as I say, right? And then you have the horizontal leadership where, hey, let's let's work on this together. There's a goal and I'm going to be in the trenches with you and I'm going to work on that with you. And so, yeah, it's difficult at times when you're managing people that are older than you, Um I think everyone is is older than me. I, yeah. you know, probably, um, but but I'm not intimidated by that, right? And and there is value with having experience and people that have done things. Um, there's that historical knowledge, and they have experience that I don't have. So being able to listen mm. and being willing to listen and validate, you know, their experience, and then ask questions about, okay, can we? Knowing that, can we look at it a different way or what would happen if we looked at it a different way using your experience? You have to validate the experience because honestly, the experience means a lot, Um, but people just want to be heard at the end of the day, right? So just making sure that you pay attention um, to what people are saying, listen to them, but also lead alongside them. I I do not subscribe to the top-down, do-as-I-say, not-as-I-do mentality or that the title is defines who I am. Um, that's not my style at all. And I, th- I think, and I hope that if you talk to anyone on my team that they would say differently. And I think one of the things that I've seen in you and some of our, I'll say younger leaders at city hall is, is a, you mentioned it, a, a willingness to listen yeah. and earn the respect of those yep. you're leading. Yep. And, and I think about, I was encouraged when I heard you talking about empowerment of our workforce and, uh, the opportunity to to really learn a lot from those who may be retiring soon. Yeah. You know, I know that's a challenge for a lot of organizations, but our city in particular, as we look at our workforce, there yeah. will be a lot of needs and um, there's opportunities for new graduates and younger employees to come into the city. And so getting that message out that the city of Lakeland, from the airport to the utility to uh, public works, public safety, there's mm-hmm. so many different opportunities um, for people who are, are looking for jobs and want to stay in Lakeland, hopefully our young talent, those yes. who you know have grown up here, uh, that they will consider the city as, as a place to work. Absolutely. So one of the things that what, every month we have onboarding with our new employees, and the one thing that I say that every time I'm introduced, we have to say what department, how long we've worked with the city. And I always lead by saying, look, I was one of the people that thought I would be here five years, get my vesting, and I'm going to be gone. Yeah. <laughs> and here I am 10, 11 years later, and you can have a career at the city of Lakeland. And when I've recruited people to work on my team from Tampa, from Orlando, I've always told them that in Tampa and Orlando, the city is so large that um, – you can't make his impact in a short amount of time like Lakeland. Lakeland is innovative. You have access to the city manager. You have access to the commission. 
you get to be a part of the decision making and the ideas and they are forward thinking organization. And so if you want to build your resume and have a great career and do creative stuff, there's a lot of latitude in the leadership here that allows you to do that. That's how I've been able to recruit people to work on my team. I didn't think that I was going to be here, you know, 11 years. And certainly when I was working as a project manager, my husband and I were still living in Hillsborough County. And, you know, I went through a leadership Lakeland program. There was a sense of community um, and he was no longer commuting. And I'm like, there's something wrong with this, you know, that you're still at home and I'm still commuting. And moving to Lakeland has been the best decision for our family. And it is truly a, a community atmosphere, the culture in the organization and the culture in the community is one that you want to raise a family, but you also can grow your career. And I am proof of that. When I look at the cubicle that I sat in, in community development, when I was first hired by Jim Studio to where I am now, there, I wouldn't be here yeah. if I didn't, you know, if I, if I didn't believe in our um, organization. So it's been exciting. What do you see as some of our greatest challenges as a city in the near future? Um, one of the greatest challenges that's before us is the growth that we're seeing in Lakeland. Um, we are growing faster than we can keep up with the infrastructure needs of the community, and that's a real challenge for us. Infrastructure is one of those things that we all take for granted. You expect the water to come on. You expect the lights to come on. You expect to get on the road. And we're not really thinking about mm. it. But And it requires so much investment um, that that's something that we really, I think, are going to struggle with um, in the near future, just that our growth is outpacing um, the revenue that's needed to keep up with the infrastructure. And and I don't know that this is necessarily a challenge, but I think it's an opportunity for us to continue to shape who we are and not wanting to be like Tampa and Orlando and staying be, being true to who Lakeland is and just um, holding on to that identity of being that small community feel that still has big, innovative ideas and opportunities. And so I just think that that's an opportunity that we just continue to hold on to with every decision that uh, the commission makes and um, the way that we govern and the way that we're responding to the citizens' needs is what separates us from the rest. And I think we just need to continue to hold on to that. I often say that we have a unique character as a city. And so, we're yes, we're growing and we have two cities uh, on each side of us and they're larger, and, and but there is something different about Lakeland. Yeah. And so we want to preserve that as we grow as a city. And, and I agree that the growth management, infrastructure, transportation challenges that we have, those are real. We share those with many communities across the United States, right. really. But I think you all do a good job of just staying in front of us as a commission and reminding us of the implications of yep. decisions and growth and, and what that looks like and how do we pay for it and what are those options. And those aren't easy discussions, as no. you know very well. <laughs> They're not. There are a lot of passions on you know, how, how do you grow at this point. But we are seeing just significant growth right now in our yeah. city. And and we're just the market the way that it's it has been for the last several years. Everyone has been expecting that we were going to plateau at some point in the real estate market. Well, we've been saying that for the last yeah. three or four years. And um, particularly with our building permits and our inspections, the volume, the reports that come out on a monthly basis, the volume, you know, it's having a hard time keeping up with the volume. Um, but it is the growth management strategies that the commission employees is, you know, it's what's going to keep us um, on the right track in the future. 
What's something that you wish more of our residents knew about the city of Lakeland as the city itself? You interface with a lot of people in the community and a lot of residents. And, and what's something you just wish more people knew? That we're really approachable and like we're open. Yeah. And I and I try to convey that as much as possible to when I go to neighborhood meetings or um, anyone that I talk to, I'm like, don't be intimidated to show up to a commission meeting. Don't be intimidated to send an email to staff or ask a question. If you don't know that we want you to be an informed citizen. And that's the one thing that I wish every citizen knew. Like, and I, and I think that there's, there's a lot of people, whether in our community or others that they just don't understand government or they don't know what their role is as a citizen and they're afraid to ask questions or what would it look like if I asked this question? That I, no, we want you to ask questions. Like when somebody takes the time to ask a question and say that they didn't know or how can we or why, and we get to sit down and explain to them what the why is or what we can do, that lights me up. Like yeah. that's exciting. And so I wish everyone knew that we're accessible and we are willing, and it's not a burden to us to answer questions. It's not a burden for us to meet with um with the citizens or businesses at all. It's what we do. It's what we were hired to do. And in public service, none of us, you're not in it for the money. You're in it for the love of serving the public. And so we want to engage with people. That's something I have seen during my short time on the commission is just the accessibility of our city leadership, our city manager, your team, that you're willing to meet with people. You will call people. I've had numerous times where someone has come to me about an issue and I don't know because it's not my area of expertise. I don't work in that department, but they know me. And so I'm always happy to take those calls and emails, but usually I I will send it to you or somebody and you are, you're responsive, you're accessible, you're willing to meet with people. And so that's, that's important in our community. Even when it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Right. Even (laughs) when they're, yeah. And I even saw recently, I I know there've been times where things, someone will complain about the city or say something on social media and it's within your network or you see it. And I have seen you personally respond and say, I'm, uh, have an open door policy, willing to meet with you to discuss your concerns and how we can make things better. And you don't always find that. So I think that's a culture and, and that's encouraging to see that culture taking place at City Hall. It requires a level of vulnerability um, if we're willing to learn. So you can't say that we're willing to learn and grow and be innovative if you're not willing to accept someone critiquing your work. And maybe that's the thick skin that I built, you know, going through architecture school, like your work is critiqued. But but I don't take it as a personal affront. I, yeah. Like, it's not personal. That's the only way we get better. Right. It's by people questioning and asking. And if we can't answer the questions, that means it hasn't been fully vetted or we haven't explored every opportunity. So it it is exciting and exhausting at the same time. But it is why we are here to serve. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So we'll close it out uh, on a lighter note. Talk about your family for a second. You mentioned your husband and you have two kids. I have two girls. So you're a working mom. Yes. And my hat's off to you. I I feel like there are uh, those of us who are all kind of in the same club around the city. We have young kids. And so we we know what that struggle is like of of working and um, raising a family. Uh, What do your girls think about your new role? How did you describe it to them? So it, uh, it's really funny. So it's a unique opportunity for my mom to be here from the islands. And mm. um, so she was at my home and my husband, Sean, was out of town when when I found out that it, the promotion was going to be announced at the commission meeting um, on mon- last Monday. And so I was like, OK, I got to figure out picking up kids. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so took a late lunch, picked them up early, dropped them home. 
to be with my mom and then come back to City Hall just in time for the commission meeting. And they watched it on um, on LGN. Mm. And my mom texted and said the girls were all cheering and, you know, screaming in the house. And it's really exciting. I don't know that they really understand yeah. what I do. Um, and so I just told them, I said, well, I get to work with my boss. Like I get to sit next to him and help him with the operations. And they're like, so you tell him what to do? <laughs> no, not really. And just, you know, for context, my younger one, when I have pictures of ground breakings that we've done with shovels, she's like, did you? play in dirt at work today <laughs> and so that just shows you like what they think of what yeah. i do so we build cities and we make it a comfortable place um for them to want to go to school and go to church and yeah. um go shopping and those are all the things that we take think about in city government and and so they're like oh okay so it's it's exciting um explaining to them and for them to see the announcement um by our city manager was really cool for my mom to watch with the girls. Yeah, I'm sure that was. Even if they don't fully understand yeah. what mom's job is, I know that's for me at our house. When I come home from the commission meetings, my son, oldest son, always says, what did you talk about? Yeah. What did you decide? And so when you start to try and explain things, it's challenging. But then when you can get on a level that an eight-year-old can understand, yes. I feel like well, finally I, I've made this simple enough. And yeah. But he, th in fact, this morning on the way to school, he said, Dad, um, after you, you're city commissioner, we, can you run for president? <laughs> and I said, well, Samuel, that's that's a bit of a leap. I don't know <laughs> that I can go from that office to the highest office in our country. Yeah. But it's just, th they're interesting conversations, yep. I'm sure, around your house as oh, well yeah. about what happens at the city. All the time. Yeah. And if there are signs that says, men at work, uh, my, the little one, she's a sass pot, and she's like, women are at work too. You better tell them your, your mom and wear your hard hat. And so um, it's it's exciting to be able to explain government to yeah. young children yeah. and how it works because that's a side that a lot of people grew up in our community that don't get to see um, that civic you know, side. So it's, yeah, it makes for interesting conversations for sure. Yeah, for sure. Anything else, Nicole, you would want to share with the listeners of, to this podcast? I, we had LAL Today was kind enough to do a little plug last week for uh, the podcast after I interviewed Gene Conrad. And so I know I've had some people come to the podcast through that. So sure. we may have some new listeners. Anything you want to share with folks out there? I just really... Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I consider serving um, as a public servant a real blessing, but I it is the ultimate privilege to work alongside our city manager, Sean Shiraz, um, as his deputy city manager. And I just look forward to continue to serve the citizens of Lakeland. And if anyone have a question about anything, I might not have the answer, but I can definitely guide you to it. And yeah. so, and how can people connect with you? What's the best way to reach best you? Best way to reach me is through email, nicole.travis at lakelandgov.net. Um, they can always call City Hall, 863-834-6000, and ask for Nicole Travis, and you'll get me. <laughs> well, well, thank you for sharing that, and thank you for coming on the podcast. I'll have you back sometime. I know there will be other things that we'll want to talk about, and so I really appreciate you taking out time from your second day on the job. Yeah. As I mean, she's this been on the fun. job for 11 years, but this is uh, you know week one of being, being our deputy, so we appreciate it. I want to thank everyone for listening to A View from Lakeland City Hall. I want to thank In Focus Studios for uh, the use of the podcast studio. If you're a, an aspiring podcaster or you uh, need a podcast studio, check these guys out. It, it's a nice place it's they've got cool here. Setup. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah. 
um, it makes you feel like you're you're a professional uh, oh, yeah. podcaster. So it's, it's a great <laughs> studio. Uh, as always, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you have ideas of folks you would like uh, to hear, to have uh, me interview uh, from within the city, uh, you can email me at chad.mcleod at lakelandgov.net. Have a great week, everyone. It is Memorial Day weekend, and so I wanted to give that shout out as well uh, to our veteran community, and we certainly honor and remember those uh, who've made the ultimate sacrifice to our country and we'll be uh, remembering those lives uh, this coming weekend. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you back again soon.